What is up, everyone? Welcome back to It Is What It Is, so let's change it. I am Felicia. Okay, it has been so long since I've recorded a podcast and uploaded. I know, I am so sorry. Thank you for being patient with me. Last semester kind of ended in a huge blur. Things went by so fast and I just wasn't able to catch a breath. And then this semester, oh my goodness, don't even get me started. This semester is very, very crazy. I have so many things going on, um, so many commitments to fulfill, but it's okay. I am back and I am here to stay. So welcome. I am so glad you are here. I am so glad you are listening in and taking the time to learn about our week's topic, which is biodiversity and ecosystem services. So recently, I have been taking a sustainability class and oh my goodness. Okay, it is kind of very mind-boggling that I am an environmentalist, yet I am still building the fundamentals of climate change and sustainability and resilience and all of that fun stuff. I have learned so much in these past four weeks about different um, terms as far as sustainability and it's amazing. Like I of course knew what climate change was and I fondly knew about climate justice and all that fun stuff but this class has solidified my understanding for these different terms. Um, So in the next few weeks, I will be doing podcast episodes covering resilience versus sustainability, climate change, and climate justice. And I am just going to be taking you guys through the journey of my sustainability class because it has opened my eyes up to a lot. And I'm sure it will do the same for you guys. Um, So I guess without further ado, let's get started. So everybody's probably running like Felicia why are you doing this podcast like it's not your normal podcast that is very true um so this is actually a podcast for an assignment that I had in my sustainability class I decided to do a podcast this week to show my understanding between the difference or kind of not the difference but to show my understanding of biodiversity and ecosystem services which is what we will be talking about today um And I just wanted to take you guys along the journey with me. So, I guess, once again, without further ado, let's get started. (laughs) So, it's first very important to consider that our planet is so diverse. Thriving ecosystems may just seem like permanent fixtures, but they are actually really vulnerable to collapse. Like, any, literally anything is vulnerable to collapse, right? But some people don't necessarily consider that jungles can easily become deserts, coral reefs can become lifeless rocks, our ma- mountains can become uninhabitable by every single species that relies on a mountain um, and there's just there's so many ecosystems out there that can easily collapse with a blink of a finger if we don't take the time to protect them educate ourselves and kind of just understand them better so what makes one ecosystem strong and another weak in the face of change we are going through a lot of change right now as most of you know whether that's you know elect or President Biden being elected into office or climate change, things are changing. And so the key to know here is that biodiversity 
is something that makes an ecosystem strong and another weak in the face of change. Biodiversity can be defined as the variety and richness of every living species on this planet, from the tiniest, tiniest microorganism to the largest elephant. Every single one of these species and organisms work together in what is known as an ecosystem. So, an ecosystem is basically an interconnected web needed to support and maintain balance in every living species. Biodiversity supports everything in nature that we humans need to survive, whether it be food, clean water, medicine, or even shelter. So it's really important that we protect and educate ourselves on biodiversity. Um, so biodiversity is built from three intertwined features, ecosystem diversity, species diversity, and genetic diversity. The more intertwining there is between these features, the denser and more resilient the weave becomes. So to put this in kind of some terms that you guys will understand, let's take the Amazon rainforest, for example. This was the easiest way I learned the difference between all of these features. Um, so as we all know, the rainforest is probably one of the most diverse regions on Earth because it has many, many complex ecosystems. It has a huge mix of species, and the genetic variety within those species are very, very resilient and strong. So the rainforest, as we all know, is a huge system, like I said earlier, filled with many smaller systems. Every link between every species provides stability to the next, strengthening biodiversity's weave, which is then reinforced by the genetic diversity within individual species, which, which allows them to deal with change. So if that did not make any sense at all, let me kind of explain it in a different way. So the easiest way to explain this is that if species lack genetic diversity due to a range of any problem, whether that be like low population numbers, isolation, um, whatever that may be, they are much vulnerable to fluctuations caused by climate change. So what this means is that basically if one species dies out, if there's a species gap, it won't cause the weave to unravel because the rich biodiversity in the Amazon is so strong and resilient that it rec can recover from that change and that loss of species. However, if there are too many links that are cut in the system, then there's a huge possibility that we can just lose it all, right? So let's take coral reefs, for example. Coral reefs are a vital keystone species, which other species like fish and clownfish, whatever it may be, they rely on these coral reefs to live, to give them shelter, to give them food and everything else. And so if this keystone species is just to go away, then the rest of the biodiversity and basically the ocean will also die out over time. Um, so it's really important to understand that biodiversity is really the backbone of everything, and if we don't have biodiversity, then we don't have life. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched that new documentary by Sir David Attenberg um, on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it came out last year um, during, ooh, it was probably during fall time. I don't quite remember what it's called, but one of the fundamental things he talked about in his 
documentary was the fact that protecting biodiversity, growing biodiversity, is the key, is one of the keys to solving climate change. If we have rich biodiversity and if we protect it and keep it up, then we will have a strong and brighter future. So just keep that in mind because we will now be transitioning into ecosystem services. Ecosystem services are what produce the variety of life-sustaining benefits that we receive from nature, which include the fundamental properties of clean air and water, fertile soil for agriculture and food production, pollination and flood control. And like I said before, ecosystems and biodiversity are vital for environmental and human health. So, kind of going into ecosystems a bit more, um, let's kind of talk about how food, clean water, and flood protection, and even cultural heritage and a sense of place Ecosystems provide essential benefits or services to all of us, right? So this is kind of where um, ecosystem services come in. These benefits are as diverse as they are numerous, and they are categorized into the type of service they provide. They provide. So eco ecosystem services are comprised of four main like sub-services. So the first is provisioning services, like plants basically. Regular regulating services is the next one and those are like wetlands and pollination crops. The next is supporting services which is basically the building block of all of the other services and then there is cultural services like the time you spend in nature or something similar to that. Um, so these services, these ecosystem services are very very important because they work along other tools to pri prioritize resources, raise awareness, and they provide benefits provided by ecosystems and create a common language to kind of protect biodiversity and the many human benefits that send from it, ensuring wealth and abundance beyond mere monetary terms. Um, so we, we will definitely get into the economics in all of this later because economics plays a huge role in protecting biodiversity. So kind of going back to economic systems, I think it's really important to kind of talk about how increasing human pressures are threatening these vital systems. So 75% of fish stocks are overexploited. Globally, air pollution leads to 3.3 million premature deaths a year, which is quite significant if you ask me. Um, and another statistic for you is that globally, the ecosystems we rely on are under threat with 60% experiencing worrying declines. 60%. That is a very, very big percentage. Um, so the question that comes up to mind is, how can we fundamentally protect these services for future generations? And I think the answer would be rich biodiversity, because that is vital for healthy ecosystems, right? Um, so... Once again, jumping back into biodiversity, there are three main ways that biodiversity and ecosystems, ecosystem services are crucial to humans. So direct, in terms of direct services, let, let's talk about direct services for a second. So we get so many things directly from biodiversity on this planet, food, clothing, housing, transportation, 
medicines, medical supplies, and kind of even energy. These are all derived directly from various ecosystems, right? So food, diverse food, comes from diverse ecosystems. Um, the example that I found was a Peruvian tomato. If we didn't have Peruvian tomatoes, then we wouldn't have traditional tomatoes, and we wouldn't have great tomato produ productivity if we didn't let that specific type of Peruvian tomato go extinct. Um, another example, shelter. We build houses out of all kinds of materials, and, you know, even today, what are houses made out of? <laughs> Wood from trees. And medicine. If we are considering medicine, all of the medicine that humans have developed have literally come directly from studying the way that organisms live in their environment, how they interact, and kind of the chemicals they use during that interaction. Um, the flower that is known as the rosy periwinkle is used to treat childhood leukemia, and if that species of flower were extinct, we wouldn't have any of those medicines that are vital to treating cancer. So once again, it's very important to highlight how important biodiversity is to almost anything, and in this case, genetic diversity. So the next um, ecosystem service that I want to talk about is indirect services. These are delivered to us by healthy ecosystems. So, for example, mangroves are really tough and resilient plants that provide big services to us and the natural environment. They protect the coastline from wave action and erosion during really big storms, and they are nurseries for all kinds of different plants and organisms, and they are even very important for some types of food. Um, recently, a lot of mangroves have been cut down for um, shrimp hatcheries, fish hatcheries, such like that. And this is because people aren't putting an economic value on these mangroves, but they are very, very valuable. Sometimes, I think, in order to realize how important these um, mangroves are, we kind of have to attach a dollar sign to everything, right? Um, or else people are just not going to realize the value of these uh, ecosystem services to humanity. Um, I know recently in New York City there was a huge issue with the quality of its source water. The rivers were being compromised by pollution and environmental degradation to the point where biodiversity was being lost in some of those areas. And the cost for this restoration could have either been six million dollars or one million one sorry six billion dollars or one billion dollars um so of course the city decided to do the choice with one billion dollars spent over 10 years because it was the most ethical service um so what they decided to do over there is to incorporate wetlands to filter out chemicals from the water um and so these wetlands came into play and purified the water um so not only did these wetlands enhance the quality of the water in a cost-effective way but it also addressed the final aspect of biodiversity and uh ecosystem services which is ethical and aesthetic services. And really, this is the most important part of e ecosystem services because um, 
in a sense, it's possible to attach a dollar value to the direct and indirect costs of a decline in biodiversity and the decline in environmental services. Um, but the ethical and aesthetic value is something that is hard to put a price on, right? The value comes in what we leave for the future. That is very important. The value comes in what we leave for the future. So a drop in biodiversity, the complete removal of biodiversity, and the extinction of species are things that we just can't repair. Once we get to that point of return, we can't go back. Loss of biodiversity is something once again, that we cannot bring back. We are the stewards of the environment. We are here to care for it, but we are also the main influence on environmental quality and certainly on ecosystems through our poor activities, such as overfishing and using fossil fuels and stuff like that. So if we reduce biodiversity to the point where the loss of species in the food web causes an ecological collapse of that system, we are going to be taken down with it, right? Um, so it's these three services, these three ecosystem services, indirect services, indirect services, and aesthetic or ethical effect are very, very important when considering biodiversity and its crucial roles to human. Um, so just in case we're not clear, I want to give a more defined example of biodiversity. Um, so in Borneo, um, Borneo is a massive island in Southeast, Southeast Asia and is home to more than 1,400 different animal species and at least 15,000 plant species. Um, so biodiversity, obviously, by those statistics, is very rich in Borneo. It's just one of the two places where orangutans can call home, which I think kind of signifies its importance to um, biodiversity. I mean, its swamps are rich with biodiversity. The variety of insects keep the balance of the ecosystem. And, uh, you know, there are up to 3,000 species of orchids, from rhinos to elephants, leopards, and monkeys. Borneo is a great example of biodiversity. I would 10 out of 10 look into Borneo and um, it's biodiversity and it's richness because it is a view, very beautiful island in Southeast Asia. Um, so let's go into talking about the urgency of actions regarding biodiversity and ecosystem services. So in 2017, scientists were predicting that by the year 2050, 2050 is in 30 years, 30% of our biodiversity will be extinct if we do nothing. Once again, 30% of our biodiversity will be extinct if we do nothing by the year 2050. Biodiversity loss is virtually at the heart of every emergency we face, right? Our societies are linked with and depend on biodiversity to survive because we rely on it for food, water, medicine, and shelter, the fundamental properties in which biodiversity gives us. And so, I think we just really have to act now to protect the future generations to come, to protect our children and their children. That way they can actually have an earth to live on. Um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, scientists have found that misjudgment of biodiversity and ecosystems has actually increased the risk of infectious diseases, transmission from wildlife to humans, and thus the risk of pandemics. So really protecting biodiversity is fundamental to earth, 
to living and if we don't do something about it soon then it's only going to get worse and we are going to be at a point of no return um once again, we are responsible as humans. We're responsible for 75% of destruction of ecosystems on Earth throughout our daily activities. Um, so really, in order to reverse this, we have to live in harmony with nature. Nature has to be our priority, and working with it has to be our goal. Because if we don't, then <laughs> we are all going to go extinct. Um, so as far as examples of actions needed to address biodiversity and ego ecosystem services, um, I think it's important to realize that if we are going to stop the extinction of 30% by 2050, then we can't rely on one or a few policies to change this fundamental collapse. These policies have to be developed on a global scale, and that doesn't even include equity. Equity is very important to consider as well. Whole countries also need to adopt these policies so that all of the companies operating in a particular region are responsible for mitigating their cumulative impacts on biodiversity. Um, so really, if we're breaking this down, I think we really just need to restore the relationship between people and nature, nature through education and science, most importantly, and kind of like the local and indigenous knowledge that we all have. Um, and like I mentioned before, conserving the harmony of our ecosystems and sustainably using key ecosystems by mo mobilizing the knowledge and dedication citizens and partners have, then I think that's going to make a huge impact as well. Um, working with nature instead of against it. That's very, very important. Um, and once again, amplifying the power of youth, whether Greta Thunberg or everyone who's listening to this podcast, we need to empower the youth because they are going to be the ones who will change this crisis. Um, you know, providing universal and open access to diversity of knowledge and creating possibilities and sharing solutions to empower the next generation is going to be very, very vital in protecting biodiversity and ecosystem services. Um, so yes, I think each and every one of us can begin to contribute to these goals by investing in products from companies that have a net positive impact. Um, they have you know, if they have net positive impact policies, that's a very great thing. And I think we should start to invest and buy these products from these companies. And we need to start creating um, net positive impact policies for our own business, businesses, cities, and states. Um, I think we just really need to stop, stop, yes, stop blaming and start helping um, our politicians and everyone else, we need to start helping them come up with solutions. Um, and I think really the first thing in believing that there can be change is believing that we can live in a place where biodiversity is rich, where we don't have to worry about saving our the future for um, generations to come and where we can just live happily and free and we don't have to worry about burning fossil fuels or, you know, cleaning up our highways and stuff like that. I think change really does start with us and whether you're making that change on an individual level or 
on a community level, I think that's really important. But change really does start with ourselves, and whether we make that change or not is totally up to us. But I do encourage every single one of you to educate yourself more on biodiversity and ecosystems because they are very, very important in solving climate change and making a brighter future for your kids and your kids' kids and stuff like that. So... Thank you for coming to and listening to this podcast. I really do appreciate every single one of you. Um, I hope you learned something and I hope you are thinking more about the importance of biodiversity and uh, ecosystem services after this. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. I will put my contact information in the description. Um, And yes, I can't wait to talk to you guys again. Next time I will be talking about sustainability, what it means to be sustainable, what it means to live zero waste, and kind of the difference between sustainability and resilience and how resilience is the new sustainability. So until then, I will catch you guys later. You are amazing and I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. I will talk to you very soon.